Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about the various rules that enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, Morris on Riftwake. And today we're here to talk about writing a backstory. So, Nathan, what's a backstory? Well, a backstory is basically something a character has before they join a party. So basically, a background is what typically influences how the character acts. Okay, so why does he act in a certain way? For example, why does this character often wear hooded cloaks and often stay in the dark? Alright, so what's the purpose of even having a backstory? Is that really something you need? No, you don't technically need a backstory, but it's one of those things where it's helpful um, for grounding your character into a wall and giving your dungeon master, if they are any good, cough cough, the opportunity to interweave your character's background and other people from your character's backstory into your world and into your campaign. For example, straight from the show, you've seen a couple people um, from various characters. For example, Lucretia and Lupix and... Uh, for example, Morris and Corvin. Exactly. So a backstory is just to fill in the details of where a character comes from. And it's useful from both player and DM perspectives. It helps fill out in a character's mind how will they react to certain things, what will they think about certain things, and can be useful to just have an idea of where they came from. Are they you know, city folk or country folk. Do they have any family alive left? Oh, that's a mean way to phrase things. Not all adventurers are orphans from horrible, horrible backgrounds. Some can have perfectly lovely families safe at home. That's the kind of adventure I like, because they still have things to lose. <laughs> Again, it is very, very common for a D&D world to be just absolute sources of misery but it doesn't have to be don't always kill off your characters families just don't let people have some happy lives and slowly tear it around them i love that no stop it bad nathan stop it also useful to talk about if you want a background of how you got your abilities so why is it that someone is a fighter or a barbarian or a rogue instead of one of the control classes? What inciting incident is there for a magic user to realize their potential? Also, a uh, backstory could be a good way from the dungeon master side to, like you said, tie characters into the world to show what are their connections. So do they have family? Is there a patron or mentor figure? Are they part of some organization? Or is there some organization out there that is after them? Is there any historical ties between PCs in the party so that you don't have to do the whole, why are we friends again? You can just establish these are people who were friends for a long time before. 
And one final thing that's very useful for a backstory is it can establish what is a character's motivation. What is an incident in their past that influences what their goal is? Because for a person to want to be an adventurer, instead of any of the much, much safer professions, there has to be something that they want, whether that is to find someone or something, or it could just be the accumulation of power or wealth or whatever. But there's something that all characters should want, and that is a good thing to establish in a backstory. Definitely. Let's move on to talk about different levels of backstory, shall we? So there are really three sorts of complexities to it, like different levels of um, effort, people put into it not to say that putting less effort is worse or anything so there are people who um who don't have a backstory at all where they make up some sort of backstory as they go and merely base their character on an archetype or an internal idea um of how they want their character person how they want their character's personality to be one example of this would be uh Gorif. Caden started out with uh, this character being a bard character and then had a split second decision to change it over to a paladin and he still has his bard backstory in his character sheet and none of it is actually canon but it's just there yeah so he wrote a backstory but I would even argue that as he is now he has no backstory whatsoever we don't know where he came from we don't know his family situation we don't know what his life was like growing up if he was rich or poor or whatever we know nothing about him at all except axe and at the same time we know nothing about his backstory does that mean that gorf is not a character that is established in his own way not at all gorf is gorf and he is so very gorf that is so true like he is you don't necessarily need to have backstory to be able to have character reactions to things and honestly can fill out backstory as things happen so if you run into a bunch of drow then how you react to that can establish what an incident in your past was did you have friendly or less than friendly interactions with drow in the past or with other dwarves or whatever the thing you interact with each time a thing happens you have the freedom to just make a choice what do you want your reaction to be? Do you want there to be a reason at all? Or do you want it to just be an impulsive reaction? And as I so very often say on this podcast, as I so often say on this podcast, that's fine. Anything that works, works. And that can. So on the next level up, you have me, but Morris, uh, which is where you just have a paragraph or two of backstory, and that's it. You just have a, those couple of paragraphs that just give you an idea of the inciting incidents that shape a character. So I grew up in a small town. I had both parents growing up. Uh, they, you know, had a decent but not great relationship things happen things happen 
decide to adventure. You don't need a lot of details to get enough idea of, okay, these are the events that shaped a person into an adventure. So last but not least is where your character has pages and pages of backstory. One such person would be Minrith, Mitch's character, who has just left the show. What happened to Minrith is um, he has lots of details in regards to his backstory. How he came to be the way he is, who he left behind by going adventuring, and how it came to be so, all that kinds of stuff. And it's really, really detailed, and it creates a lot of stuff that explains why Minrith is the character he is. And having a pages long backstory can be extremely helpful for a DM because it gives you lots and lots of details to integrate that character. Oh, they're looking for a person? Well, here's a nice little hint for you about where that person is. There's someone chasing after you. Oh, well, here's a hint that they might be getting close to you. Oh, no. What are you going to do to disguise your trail or set a trap for them? What do you want to do? Or just all kinds of whatever the little details that they pepper in are details that give you options to pepper in. However, on the other side of things, a warning. There is such a thing as too much backstory. If you try writing a 20-page short story about your character, then it could be argued that you may be kind of forcing some story elements upon the DM, because especially if you do this without working with the DM, I should say, because if you establish, I was saved by a sea creature as an infant and devoted my life to magics of the sea. What? There's no sea creature that would just rescue a child and not eat them. That's bullshit. You should have talked to me about this before you said that on air. Yeah, and honestly, I should probably say that is true for any backstory, not just the particularly long ones. But if you want to have some fantastical element to your backstory, check with your DM. Honestly, more often than not, the DM will probably be okay with that, or at the very least, work with you to a compromise of something that would work to get something that you're both at least okay with. You know, maybe that sea creature was secretly a druid in a shape-shifted form, and that way it would work. And then you could have a potential mentor figure out there, which could be cool. Or perhaps the sea creature could be thinking really, really long term, and eventually reaches the point where you're like, Thank you. I have returned. Thanks to your saving me those years back. I've gotten you the 50 corpses you needed. <laughs> You always gotta go dark, man. Let the world have happy bits. Balance applies to more than just combat. <laughs> so we went over parts of what can be in a backstory and how long a backstory can be. So now let's move on to how to backstory. And honestly, the books have two options, basically, that have a basic and advanced and that's helpful. So in the player's handbook, you get to pick a background which has a bit of lore for a character, as well as giving you a useful feature of some kind, as well as two skills and possibly a tool or language proficiency as well. And 
that's really helpful because you can use that to just decide, oh, okay, this is where I come from. So if I am this and this is where I come from, then if this, then that and that and that. And you can just kind of create some basic links in your brain of part of your character's backstory. So to use a classic example, there is one background called the urchin, which is, well, you grow up on the streets and have a not so great childhood. And that is very often used as a background for a rogue. And that gives you a skill proficiency in sleight of hand and stealth, tool proficiencies for disguise kit and these tools, and then also gives you a few little pieces of equipment that just kind of help out to establish, you know, yeah, you don't just have adventuring supplies. You have these little knickknacks that just help flesh you out as a person. And every background has some little thing like that that helps flesh you out, which makes it a really useful thing. But there's another part of the background that is particularly helpful to also flesh things out. So you are to choose a personality trait, ideal, bond, and flaw as part of your background. And each of those things is a six or eight item long list, depending on which one, that helps you pick out aspects of your character of what you think or react about various ideas or topics. So sticking with the urchin background, just for convenience sake, honestly, you can pick a personality trait or a role for any of these. But generally, I like the control of just picking one that I like. So you can do a personality trait. I bluntly say what other people are hinting at or hiding. And the idea of just hating secrets as a rogue could be a kind of interesting inversion of the typical sneaky lying rogue. And as an ideal, it's a thing that you believe in. So you can, let's see, let's also pick a nice one since I'm going with that. Aspiration. I'm going to prove that I'm worthy of a better life. So you are an urchin who grow up on the streets and want to prove yourself. So that is a kind of rags to riches kind of inspiration of what you're going for for this type of character. Then you have a bond, something to connect you to a person or place in the world. No one else should have to endure the hardships I've been through. You could have a soft spot for kids and try to help others who are also in bad situations that you come across through your adventures. Then there's the flaw. It's kind of self-explanatory for what that means. <laughs> it's not stealing if I need it more than someone else. So you're creating a rogue then with more of a Robin Hood vibe, where it can you can interpret that to not just be stealing it for yourself, but stealing it in combination with your bond above that no one else should endure the hardships I've been through that you're perfectly okay with stealing from people if it means that you get to help the less fortunate. And there you go. You've already established that this rogue is that more Robin Hood-esque type, that you're from a bad childhood, but you're trying to better yourself and help out others. And that already, with just picking those couple of things off the list, 
give you a pretty good idea of who this character is. And that gives you a good, solid, basic backstory without having to actually write anything, just picking some things off the list they give you. So just from the player's handbook or any of the other backgrounds in the other books, you can use those to come up with a basic backstory. That's a lot of talking, sorry. All right. Yeah, true. But the problem was that I started talking too much without breathing, and then... (laughs) Yes, breathing. Important. Always remember to breathe. All right, anyway. In... Now... Uh, For the other side of things, the advanced backstory, in the Xanathar's Guide to Everything book, there are amazing backstory tables. All the tables. Pages and pages of tables. And they're great. Actually, out of curiosity, Nathan, have you ever read through the Xanathar book and seen these? Yeah, I kind of have read through them. More or less. All right. So, unfortunately, I myself have the D&D Beyond PDF version of all the books. So, I don't actually know how many pages of tables is it. it is, but it's lots. There is at least 10 pages worth, I'm sure. And it is an enormous collection of tables that you can roll on to just create an entirely random character. Or you can just look through the list and think, oh, I like that. And hey, that goes well with this and this. And it creates a detailed backstory of a level of detail that honestly, I rarely even put to characters. So you can just pick and choose through these tables. Oh, I like using that one. I don't care about that. Ooh, that's cool. And you can just use this to really put a lot of details into a backstory like this could pretty solidly create a full page or two pretty easily so you get everything from what is your family situation like but it goes into multiple multiple tables to establish that do you know about your family history what kind of relationship do you have with your parents or siblings how many siblings do you have what professions are your parents and your siblings where were you born Uh, scrolling because there's a lot of tables uh what is your birth order amongst your siblings if you're more than an only child what kind of friends or mentor raised you uh If you are not aware of your parent situation, you could still do a role to find out, are they alive or dead or out there somewhere? How rich was your family when you were growing up? What kind of home did you live in? What are a few childhood memories that stick out in your head? Uh, Also, for each of the backgrounds from the player's handbook, there are additional tables for each of them, which is... I am this because. So let me flip down to Urchin. Yeah, so there is a D6 list that says I became an Urchin because. And it could be ran away from a bad situation at home, uh, bad things happened to the family, and a few others that just are a cool list of, okay, that makes sense. So again, if this, then that. 
if this is the thing that happened and these are my childhood memories, then you can connect the dots between all of these tables to really flesh out a full backstory. And that's not all. There's even a whole series of tables for each of the classes. Unfortunately, this will be ever so slightly out of date because Artificer also comes out by the time this episode will air. And that is not in the Xanathar book because published before the release. But everything besides Artificer is in Xanathar's. So... I've always been nimble and quick of wit, so I decided to use those talents to help me make my way in the world. So that could imply that besides the whole steal from the rich to give to the poor thing, that if you're nimble and quick of wit, that you could go for more of the swashbuckler subclass of rogue to be that kind of charming, dashing rogue. And then even after that, it keeps going. You've got all kinds of life events. You could roll for the age of your character. You've got some previous adventures that you've been on and the results of such from before the actual game starts, which can be a very useful thing if you do a starting after level one game to just have an idea of, oh yeah, I've been through some shit before the actual campaign has begun. I've done ABC. But Debatable if you want to use that for a starting at level one, because you're level one. But case in point, there is honestly even still more, and it would just take a lot of time to go through all of them. But I'll sum up by just saying there's a lot of useful tables. And even besides the stuff in the official book, there is a ton of third party articles written out there about tips and tricks for how to write a good D&D backstory. But in the end, you can have no backstory and still have a good character. You could have pages of backstory and still have a good character. Backstory is a helpful thing. Extraordinarily so, it could be argued. But not necessarily necessary. But in the end, having a backstory is a helpful thing, if only to establish where your character comes from to help shape where they're going. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that really helps us out. Supporters get benefits, such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the Patreon Discord, we'll be able to chat with the cast, and even a shout-out on the show. Find us on social media, on Twitter, at Riffwake Podcast, on Facebook, at Riffwake, and on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Riffwake Podcast. And now, send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffsandrules at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. I like doing that with Peppy Remy. <laughs> Sound good. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. 
Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.